Okay. We just had a complete mess up. We thought we were live streaming. <laughs> and we're here already starting the show and everything. And we weren't live. We were not even on. So, again, I am Hillary here in Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really cool here. It's minus it's minus thirty one here. Uh, so all right, so we started out the the show with Sir Mark Mix a lot. Baby got black back. So we're talking about the intersectional of sexualization of black women. So before I get into the topic, let me welcome you to Hot Tea with Pleasures, where we keep it raw and real. And don't forget to hit that subscription buttons on the other side. <laughs> okay, oh here on YouTube. Remember to. Uh, to follow us also on Instagram and SSRSS. That's where you can listen to multiple platforms. Um, and of course, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, when we have our morning good, good mornings to you. Uh, join us and remember to lubricate your lives. So the information shared is information we've researched and we are two black women, so we didn't need to do much research. <laughs> We live this. This is some of our personal opinions. And again, any information shared is just for information purposes. Mm -hmm. We hope you learned something from this. Oh my God. My Instagram is going off like crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so tonight's topic, as I said, is the sexualization of black women. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> Black women deal with a lot of stereotypes and carry a heavy load from the stains of oppressive Western societal barrier structures from the angry black women folktale, aka we must take or abuse and say nothing in protest to black women um, and black women uh, have to navigate their lives through the intersectional lens they have inadequate address in sexual and reproductive health so you know the angry black woman is basically telling you that you can't have an opinion you can't you have to take the abuse <laughs> don't say anything because as soon as you get upset and say don't treat me that way you are angry okay you're angry so black uh, black women's sexuality has been categorized by racial uh, cultural and sexual strips that had stemmed from the historical oppression and the stereotypes of black women. Understanding uh, the social and cultural factors that influence black women's power and in maintaining and improving our sexual health include including stereotypes that have influenced how others see us and view us and how we see and view ourselves. So, take it away, Teresa. I'm going to try to get my WhatsApp going, Try because it's going off crazy. So, let's go. Let's, let me do the WhatsApp thing. Thank you, Hillary, and I will take from here. One of the things that I noticed in doing my research mm -hmm. is that we had two photographers. Yeah. Two, two women photographers at that from South Africa. The two of them were drawing attention to, to the deeply entrenched social codes that inform representations of black women and sexuality. They yeah. were unsettling images and conventions that underpin national 
business representation, racist and colonial, Nathan as they call it, and pornographic images of women. There's mm-hmm. photographs uncovered ways of viewing black women bodies and sexuality in relation to their ages. Someone is going sexuality. Okay. because like I get messages.
You you have to talk a little louder, uh, Teresa. Uh, Nicolette's saying your your audio is low, so you gotta talk a little louder. Maybe look at your computer and see if your uh, if your audio is down. Yes. Okay, current findings along with evidence from sources so genotypes have damaging effects on the course will impart of diversity. Diversify images of black women and increasing awareness of how stereotypes affect perceptions of black women. And I find that from our music industry it's okay. Just keep going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I'm doing some technical stuff right now. We tend to depict what we want our black women to look like and how we want them to act. And I find that the younger generation, the younger generation, they tend to copy things from, from the media. Yeah. From our movies and stuff. So we definitely need to, you know, produce movies that we want our children and their children Aggressions. No, 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 no. Just microaggressions. Just microaggressions? Yeah. Okay, just microaggressions. Okay. So due to their intersection, uh, racial identity and gender identity, black women are categorized and stigmatized by racial based sexual stereotypes, so RBSS, that may contribute to continual and high rate of harm, uh, sexual and reproductive health outcomes. So RSS, RBSS are structures, that this is how people remember us, um, that, um, and how we are perceived, I should say, that shape the black women's social behavior, um, including our sexual characters. Okay, um, so when RBSS occurs, you may have to deal with more traditional gender stereotypes and less likely to feel empowered in sexual decision making, uh, feeling less empowered within intimate relationships and jeopardizing your sexual well-being and affirming them yourself um, in, in other social arenas. So a microaggression, here are my favorite things. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. So, um, it's exclusionary to, uh, behavior. So you're being excluded. That's what the intention is. It's defined as a statement of action or intentional incident regarding an 
instant or indirect, subtle or unintentional, but intentionally discrimination against a, a member of a marginalized group, such as racial or ethical minority. So let's not get passive and aggressive and a microaggression uh, mix up or confuse. So a passive behavior is something that is direct from a microaggression because I'll tell you why it's different. Microaggression is always about the dominant group of society maintaining their power or control by subjecting you, uh, the um, this subservient group, and continually making you feel less than. Whereas passive aggressive behavior can uh, be seen in any space or or scenario between us. Okay, so in other words, when it comes to people being biased against marginalized um, groups reveal themselves in a way that leaves the, the person feeling uncomfortable or insulted. They are not just insults, by the way. They are specific and intentionally remarks, questions and actions that are meant to be painful, anchoring on discrimination and using stereotypes. So sometimes um, you might even feel like something is wrong with you, like you're having a mental issue, it messes you it messes with your dignity right so microaggressions can cause psychological damage and even physical health uh, problems it can cause someone to lose their confidence it can lead to anger or even depression um, you as a marginalized person might hear uh, those people refer to you as being too sensitive <laughs> I love that one. Okay, so my self and Teresa. Yeah, my self and Teresa. Oh yeah, so my self and Teresa are gonna do a little skit <laughs> of microaggression. Okay, we're gonna do. She gonna take her glasses off. We're gonna do a little skit of microaggression, and then I'm gonna give you some examples after. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we got Victor in the audience. Hi, Victor. Good night. <laughs> we are having a hell of a time tonight. I tell you, I'm telling you, it is just one of those nights. Man, oh man, oh man. So what happened? <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, it's a lot of... A lot of technical problems the hydro went out over here where I am uh, so <laughs> it just blew everything away and I you're gonna have to wait for me to to readjust here it's it's a lot of technical issues right about now girl <laughs> right about now the power just knocked everything out of place uh, so all of my um, all of my stuff is out of sync. I have no clue what looks good and what doesn't look good. And so you guys are going to go through this with me right about now. <laughs> there we go. Man, oh man. That's interesting. <laughs> raw, raw and real, right? <laughs> raw and real, I guess. Victor, you can come back in now. Hopefully, you can come back. <laughs> a 
Lord, I hope everything is recording properly. Nicolette, can you let me know if it's recording properly by giving us a thumbs up? I don't see us recording. I don't see... Oh, wait a minute. There we go. There we go. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're sort of back. Here we go. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, everything is going to be a mess because... Yeah, the power went out where I live. I live in a very small town, <laughs> and um, it's minus 31 here, and the power just mm -hmm. kicked us off. <laughs> Teresa's in, in, in Barbados, so she's going like, what's going on? Nothing going on. Uh, girl, it's a lot going on over here. So, um, yeah, so whatever you guys have to do, I am so sorry. I got to readjust everything again and do a whole bunch of technical stuff. We were talking about microaggressions, and apparently my, the Hydro heard me and said, yeah, well, let me show you what microaggressions look like. <laughs> and it aggressively kicked me off. So let me try to readjust the screens here again. I had them working perfectly. Yeah, you are on both screens. Oh my God. Anyways, let's continue the conversation because I will be here all night trying to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the description of the problem was since history has a significant role in shaping attitudes towards the African well, 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 let's 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 go back and let's do the microaggression. Let's do the script, <laughs> and me keep okay. pausing now. Um, <laughs> um, what do you call it? Just give me one second. Um, we we're talking about microaggressions and how. Yeah, you were explaining what what it really is with yeah, exactly. And how, you know, we have to deal with that in society. My son had everything hooked up nicely, and now everything is going to be a pain in the butt because, yeah, that's fun. Anyhow, you know what? We're going to do it however it looks like. We are so sorry. Um, I can't really fix too much of it now, and um, I'm trying to do the back end here, but... That's a lot of technical work that I would have to do, and it's not going to happen while I'm live on the screen. So I am so sorry. You're going to have to do my freezing again like last week. So here we go. So, Teresa, we're going to do a little skit of Michael Aggression. And um, which part do you want to play? You want to be the aggressor or you want to be the, you know. You're the one your <laughs> okay, so ready? Here we go. I'm going. I'm going into a uh, character. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, hi, Teresa. How are you? I I heard that. Oh my goodness! I am so sorry that you, as a single mom, have to deal with. I'm speaking. I am. Are Are you getting angry? Can you just? Um, I I am not I'm speak I am so so normally what happens is when someone is speaking is actually polite for you to just wait your turn okay so as I was saying that I'm I heard that you you know 
as a single mom, I know it's might be a little bit difficult for you to get to work on time. So um, if there's anything that I can help you or the team could help you with getting to work on time as a single mom, um, we will really like to help you with that. Okay, hold on. Hold um, again, you're interrupting. You're inter... Oh my God, she's so aggressive though. Oh my God. Oh. Wow. She just said HR. You know what? I thought I was helping you, but I realize now. I realize... See, this is the problem. This is the problem that some people have. This is the problem. This is the problem that you may have. So normally, the mannerly thing to do is to like wait your turn in a conversation. Okay? So you're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. Okay, I'm going to leave because you seem angry. You seem angry. Oh, and you're drinking? We don't drink at work. Okay, so I'm gone. Anyways, so what are you got? What are we doing this weekend? Oh, so we're going to have like a team meeting. Yeah, Teresa can't make it because single moms have this hard time finding babysitters. And she asked me to let you guys know that it's really complicated for her to, um, you know, make it. Scene. <laughs> You weren't supposed to come at me so much. You were supposed to shut up. <laughs> Girl, don't you know the... They don't, did you remember the script? <laughs> Lord. Anyways. So, it goes something like that. Not so obvious sometimes. <laughs> Not so obvious sometimes. So, it'd be like, for example, let's say you were Asian American and uh, a student is... Uh, you know, com is complimented by the professor by speaking for speaking perfect English, for example, but it's actually her first language. That's a microaggression right there. Um, a black man uh, notices that a white woman uh, uh, flinches or clutches her bag as she sees him in the elevator and she's about to enter and in a painful reminder of a racial stereotype. Or a woman speaks up in an important meeting. A black woman speaks up in an important meeting, but she is uh, she can barely get a word in without being in, uh, being uh, interrupted and just told that you know, like how I just told Teresa, you know, maybe lower your voice. <laughs> you sound a little bit angry, <laughs> you know, a little bit. <laughs> You know, we don't talk that way here. <laughs> you ever heard that one? <laughs> so when we were doing, when we were having the discussion, actually, when we were having a discussion uh, last night, uh, you and Nicolette, you guys were, you know, you were starting to realize, wait a minute, maybe that was, I wasn't being sensitive in that situation. Maybe this was actually really happening to me. Remember that? Yeah. So anyhow, so those are some examples, and that was our little skit of, of microaggression. So I hope you guys understand what a microaggression is and, and realize that when it's happening to you, uh, you are not crazy and you're not sensitive. You know, you're, you're being disrespected. And um, it is the small things. Yeah, it is the small things. Uh, I'm going to put back here that we're back. Uh, we are back <laughs> live. Uh, so people can know that to come on back um, 
uh, and, and see us. Um, they, they're, they're having a good old time that we, <laughs> the hydro, the, the, the hydro, we call it hydro here in Canada. Uh, you might call it uh, the power or electrical or whatever went out. Um, Nicolette, can you post on all our social medias that we're back live and uh, so people can come back? We had quite a bit of people in here and uh, <laughs> they are now gone and they get to see me freeze every two seconds now because the system is back messing up because I had all the uh, settings are out now all over the place. Anyways, Teresa, continue. Stereotypes. Yeah, the stereotypes. So we have many within our cultures and race from, from the entertainment industry, which we are so familiar with. Let me get my piece here. Yeah, the description, the description of the problem. The racial stereotypes of early American history have a significant role in shaping the attitude, the low mind of towards our African Americans during the time. Images of the sample, remember sample? Mm -hmm. The Jim Crow, the Savage, the Mummy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were having a good conversation on Friday. Our, our, our one-hour meeting on Friday went a little bit longer because, you know, we, it, we and this is the this is the issue. This is the issue. This, hold on. Where is this issue? We, when when stuff like that happens, good night. Hi, Victor. Don't be laughing at us. Hi, baby Eiffel. <laughs> he goes, pay, pay, your, pay our light bill. <laughs> Victor, he say pay. He goes pay when a light bill. <laughs> Whatever. Good night. Hi, hi, baby. I forgot. Thanks, guys, for coming back. Rudy, come back. I know you were in there too, so come on back. Anyhow, um, this is the thing: is that when the, a lot of these things that happen to black women, you know, we start uh, normalizing it. Like you saw the, the situation there in the beginning. Uh, we had, we played the Sir Mix-a-Lot song, you know, Big Bucks You Cannot Smile. And you see these things happen in society. It started out where, uh, and during slavery, they would dress the uh, black women in very either naked or skimpy, uh, skin-tick clothing and then when they were around their black men they were they had to wear longer garments to cover themselves including their hair every part of them except only their face and hands and feet were exposed and so it was okay to sexualize the black women around the white men and uh, and other cultures but it's never okay to sexualize with black women around black people black men so uh, you know and then they would do things like accentuate the butt, the butts, you know, make the butt, the butt, uh, the feature, everything about the butt, the black woman's butt was just considered, um, it was like, it wasn't an admiration, but because, but it is admiration, by the way, but it turned it into an evil side. So more of like, it's disgusting and gross, um, to look at, um, everything about a black woman is disgusting and gross to look at, but yet, but yet, <laughs> we've now seen that the normalization of the black women's, oh, there we go, as soon as I take it off, as soon as I take it off of there, as, as the black woman's body has now gone to into sculpting, right, uh, where other cultures are taking, quote, unquote, 
features of the black women. And again, not every black woman has a big butt, people. <laughs> that's a, again, that's a stereotype. Not every black woman have a, a, a big butt, but we do have pronounced um, um, bums because it's part of our cultural makeup. Many of us, right? And uh, they talked about the uh, the enhancement of the black breasts. Uh, black women's breasts are bigger. That's again, that's a folk tale because not all black women's breasts are big, but we do have <laughs> big breasts in the black uh, community. Again, that has to do with the cultural uh, foods that we eat, right? And again, uh, big uh, hips. Uh, when I say cultural food is for uh, roots food, uh, the different, you see, what we don't, the food, the oils, the different things like that, the, um, oh, geez, God, <laughs> the oils, and then also to some of the, uh, some of the features are from different different uh, tribes in Africa of, as to where we come from, and kind of distinct of where you come from. So there's a lot of history and a lot of makeup and a lot of identifiers of the black woman's body. But we took, they took something that's normal to us and took it and sexualized it into a negative. It's negative when it's on the black woman's body, but it's positive when it's on other people's body. <laughs> okay? Uh, you have people going around and getting their ass injected. And I'm going to say the word ass. <laughs> inject, injected. And, you know, it's beautiful. But when it's on a, bla a black woman, it's disgusting and gross and big and over-accentuated and too much and whatever. It goes negative, right? But now we ourselves have now done it to ourselves, too, where we are actually sexualizing ourselves, making us using more skimpy clothes, more, um, you know, uh, let's just be, let's, let's just say this. Black women have curves, okay majority of us have curves and it doesn't matter what we wear it will always have that sexual tone to it we're not trying to majority of us are not trying to uh turn you on <laughs> or um you know we don't want to have sex with you that's not what the intent is the if you put a person that has a lot of curves and you put any clothes on them you're going to see the curves you know, but they're telling us to be ashamed of the curves. The curves are sexual, that you're actually, you're, you saw what the lady said, whether you're a prostitute or a whore or you're this or you're that, they have to name it, categorize it, and make it evil. And so that same body, and you put a white face on it, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, she, look, how, look how amazing her breast looks. Look how amazing her ass looks. Look how amazing this whatever, but they put it on us, darken the skin, and all of a sudden it's dirty, right? Um, we got some comments in here. Baby Eiffel says, um, that's right. Exactly. It is precise. It's the women's emphasis. Oh, there we go. There we go again. I, I am sorry, people. We had, a, we had, a, um, a power issue, uh, where I live. The power went out, went out and, um, now everything is all over the place. So again, we are sorry for the technical issues. Um, yeah, Victor said cornbread and rice and peas. Yeah, it's it's a con. <laughs> and then people now are eating our foods. That's another thing. Is that you remember when we went in the eighties? I don't know if you remember this whole thing where the eight, end of the eighties we start we saw Caucasian women starting to get rounder bums and whatever, and we were like. What's going on? Are they in, are doing something? Uh, are they eating the foods? Or what is it? Too much foods or whatever? But the food, the the, 
the soul food, yeah. So, you know, we had, uh, the being black became okay. <laughs> let's just put it that way. Being black became okay. It really did. And the more and more they learn about, or cultures, and I say cultures with an S because Africa is not a country, it's a continent, people. And there's multiple countries inside of Africa and hundreds of, of tribes, hundreds of different cultures, hundreds of different languages, and we have to realize that. So they took, um, you know, we had that, we saw where the transition happened, where we went from not being liked, not be, um, accepted. being accepted, to where people went, oh, wait a minute, there's something going on here. Mm, what can we do with this? And to where people started wanting, and, and hip, I'll, I'll thank hip-hop for a lot of things. Uh, hip-hop and R&B really brought us to the forefront in the form of yeah. African-American, though, in the form of African-American, because at the end of the day, we have a majority of people in the media that think that African-Americans are all blacks. Just be, let's be real, right? Here in Canada, if you're a black person, you know the first thing they say to you? What are you? What part of Jamaica are you from? <laughs> That's the first thing they say. <laughs> and it's like, you know there's other countries, right? Huh? Barbados. Yeah, when I, oh, let me tell you something, girl. When I first came here, when I first came here, right, the... Yeah, when I first came here, they will they will say, "Where are you from?" I said, "Barbados." It's like, "Where's that? What part of Jamaica is that?" <laughs> right? And for African Americans, you know, they have to do with the whole, um, you know, uh, or or you know, was your grandparent a slave? Or they'll think that they can dance or sing or something. It's always some kind of stereotype, and so the world of the Western world, the majority of people they identify as black are African American and Jamaican, or you're African. And that's what they go, African. Africa is a continent, just like Australia, just like North America, just like uh, Europe or Asia. It's a continent. So it has multiple countries inside of it. It's just not one place. Okay. So anyways, we're getting off a little bit of the subject here. <laughs> getting very passionate about this stuff. So the whole point of the merit is, is that black women's body, what we have as natural parts of our body, it's not considered beautiful by a lot of cultures. It is considered ugly and nasty and disgusting and hoish and sluttish and whatever. But when it's put on another culture, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's exotic. <laughs> That's the word you're looking for. Exotic. Anyways, go on, Teresa. Continue. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of it comes from the Mm-hmm. I find that it also has some parts of it that is damaging, and that's how we would get the stereotype from. Let's talk about the N-word. Now you bring that up. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, the stereotype in our culture, the way we dress, the language we use for our self-expression. Mm-hmm. The N-word. I don't like that. Ladies and gentlemen, do not call me no ne eh, no ne er, no ne ah. <laughs> Don't call me anything like that. Yo. But no, you find in the same music industry, in the same media, and it's not teaching or having movies that are educational. It's not movies that 
they have to talk about history. It's like movies just for entertainment. Let me explain something to you, right? Okay, so back in the 80s, what happened was uh, the rappers decided that they were going to, uh, to remove the ER and put an A uh, to take the power away from the ER word, okay? Well, hold on. It was working at first until rap became a mainstream thing. <laughs> <laughs> and when our rap became mainstream, now you got the white people going, ah, too. <laughs> okay? And you cannot fault nobody. Hold on. I can't, people be like, oh, well, they can't say it. Who are you to say they can't say it? Uh, you put it out there and you put it in music, and you know how people are with music. They start repeating every single word. We can speak about it among ourselves. Let me tell you something. If you don't want nobody put saying that word, don't put it in your song. That's my opinion. You know, you remember when Justin Bieber had that situation? They thought Justin Bieber said it. <laughs> and they were crucify the poor man. I know, and they're all weed. I'm like... If you don't want it said, first of all, I don't think, ah, uh, or whatever, it shouldn't be said. For what reason? There is so many other words that you can use to replace that, that you chose to take that same word that the white man has put to degrade us. It meant, it actually means an incompetent ass. You take it, and you put an A on it, and you think it makes it different? Now you're giving them the excuse to use that, saying they, they sing in a song, Okay. No, I am sorry. I do not agree with it. I don't care who writes me, who puts whatever up or whatever on social media. I don't like it. Don't call me that. Whatever. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to give it any kind of power at all. Okay? Er, I, or whatever. None. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> don't go none of that nonsense. This it's degrading. You know how many forefathers have died for over that word and have fought for that word to be gone and don't want it to be used. And we sit around and now, and this is what part the normalizing comes. Here's where the normalizing comes. Because a lot of the stereotypes and whatever that we have now taken and put it into and call it part of the culture. It's not part of the culture. It is not part of the culture. You have placed it in the culture and now call it part of the culture. It is not part of the culture. Okay. So don't tell me it's part of no culture. It ain't part of my damn culture. They'll be coming up and telling me no. Telling me no. <laughs> don't try that. Don't try me. No. You will not like that conversation. <laughs> it's degrading. Okay. Very loosely. And they're trying to say that they're doing it to take away the power or whatever. You want to take away the power... Ignore something. That's how you take away power. The same way that microaggressions are used to take away power. The same way that stereotype is used to take away power. is the same way that you can stop using the damn N-word to take away the power from it. If you don't use it, it has no power. That's how ignoring something is what allows it, allows the other part to have power. Okay? That's how power works. I am very... I hate that word. I am sorry. I give it no kind of... I remember I had a situation where a, 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 a friend of mine, she's like, what's up? You know, and she's calling her son that, okay? Well, we had a whole... Our son. You little N 
with an I sound, mm-mm, talking about it's endearment. How about you endear something? <laughs> I'll give you something to endear. <laughs> you know, so when you when you have something like that that has been, we try to normalize it within our culture now, and now other people are hearing it, it gives them the excuse and the reason to use it. And I've seen and I've heard white people using that word, saying that it's part of they part of the culture now. They part they part of the culture. They part of the culture, the hip hop culture, so they can use it. You know, are they are they rapping in and they're singing the words? I've gone into I've actually gone into uh, gyms, okay, doing CrossFit or whatever. This is a couple of years ago, and that word is blaring on the on the uh, on the on the system and guess what I'm the only black person in there everybody in there was white okay you know how I how I'm like I don't want to give it any power but it's uncomfortable okay so I left you know because we and we have no one to blame but ourselves because now we've normalized it okay and that's where normalization comes how you take in a stereotype and now consider it now part of the culture don't come up to me in no culture. <laughs> okay. You're not going to like this conversation. <laughs> well, culture. <laughs> so, again, black women are no longer going to be ashamed of their bodies. We have big boobs and big hips and big arses. Some of us, not all of us, are blessed. <laughs> okay. But we're not trying to have sex with you. We're not trying to turn you on. And you know how, and this is why I had a problem with Me Too. Oh, Lord. This is why I had a problem with Me Too as well. I had a problem with Me Too because it wasn't a problem with all this situation about rape and, and, and abuse until the white woman said it. You know how long black women have been talking about being raped and molestations and different things that were going on in the community and no one said anything? And even when they did, even during the Me Too era when it first started and the black women start uh, saying that because First of all, it was a black woman who started the whole thing years and years ago. But again, it, it didn't go nowhere. But think about this. You had Weinstein and all that stuff going on, right? The R. Kelly situation came up, right? What did these women have to go do? They had to make a whole bunch of series of <laughs> videos to still prove that what they're saying. And you know what? That really hurt. Our own people said to them, it's not true. Still. So again, normalization of the black woman and all the crap that we got to deal with. <laughs> that comes with it. If you want to call me an angry black woman, you are welcome to go ahead and call me that. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I ain't angry. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> Anyhow, we are at the end of our show. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I tell you, I, I just, I get, I get tired sometimes of the nonsense that society comes up with that, you know, I just sit there, I just shake my head like, for real, that's what you came up with? You had a whole year to do something and that's what, that's what, that was it? That's it? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, anyways, that is our show. We're going to do a quick wrap up. So... Tonight's show was about sexualization of black women, and you can see it goes deeper than that. It goes from us having to do with being called angry black women. I'm probably sure somebody's saying angry somewhere in there right now with me just wearing that little rant. She angry. Why is she so angry? I am not angry. I am blessed. Thank you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my, I'm 
I'm having way too much fun. Anyhow, and, uh, you know, we just talk about microaggressions and, uh, you know, sometimes you might think you're, people might say you're being too sensitive or you might feel like something's wrong with you or you've done something wrong or whatever. And what it is is that it's an, aggra it's an aggressive, um, intentional, but subtle uh, discrimination and ster using stereotypes, yeah, to do it. And then we talked about uh, the stereotypes and, and how they are used. The only stereotype that I hear, black men don't argue. You know what I'm talking about. They don't argue that one. <laughs> I don't ever hear a black man go, no, that's not true. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> and let me tell you, ladies. Let me let me clarify something to you, ladies. I work in a prison, okay? Let me tell you, ladies, okay? The penis comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors in every culture, okay? It's not just one culture. It's in every culture. So relax yourselves a little bit there, ladies. Calm down. Anyhow. <laughs> so, and then we talk about normalization where we ourselves start doing what the stereotypes are uh, about our culture. We start actually doing it within our, our, our culture and our sectors and our, in our uh, or, <laughs> there people are laughing, our cultures. And then we start to normalize it by saying it's part of the culture. And it's not. It's just a stereotype that has been micrographed so much and so often that we actually start to believe it ourselves. And we start to live it and display it, you know. So... That's it. That's us and sexualization of black women. I know you probably thought it was going to be a little bit more sexy and everything like that, but we are trying to get away from that. We don't want to be ashamed of our body parts anymore. I don't want to be ashamed of my thick lips <laughs> and my breast size and my butt size and my hip size. And, you know, I don't want to be um, scorned for that. And anything I put on is going to look like, you know, I'm trying <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's going to look a little bit uh, sexy to others but your idea of sexuality has nothing to do with me so don't try to put your ideas onto me that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> period <laughs> okay don't forget we thank you all for watching we have too much fun we That's right. That's right. All right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, and thank you so much for <laughs> for keeping up with the uh, the rants. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, black women must be tired, boy, I tell you. <laughs> black women are tired. Do you know that black women are so intersectional that if you if you actually uh, solve the problems of a black woman's issues, you would actually cure the world? You would actually cure the world. Yeah, but they don't want that. You know why? Too much money in the pockets of capitalism. So anyways, that's the other show. <laughs> All right, Teresa, anything going on for you in Barbados? Oh, 
We were waiting for the strawberries to come back for the lubricant. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well, our lubricants, you know, we went through the testing phase. We passed the testing phase. Yes. And so now we're waiting for strawberries to come back in season. They're back in season. Thank God. And then another thing too is, oh, I got, uh, I got, uh, ding. We're going over a little bit by time because the hydro went out, but it's okay. So anyhow, uh, I got a little ding from a, a, a podcast that um, does poetry, uh, not poetry, uh, authors, and he hit me up. So I, I will be on another podcast uh, doing an interview. So uh, when that happens, I'm going to drop the link here on Hot Tea with Pleasures, and you can hear what I have going on as well. So with that, I am Hillary here in minus three, minus thirty-one degrees weather in Ontario, Canada, where the hydro goes out while you are doing a, a live uh, stream. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm Teresa here in the beautiful island of Barbados, and it's seventy-nine degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Yep, I remember to hit that. I'm, I'm gonna do the right subscription button <laughs> and like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on RSS as well as on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, Nicolette, thank you so much for hanging in there. She was keeping it going while the, while we were we got knocked off the ear. Thank you, Baby Eiffel, Victor, for coming in. I know Rudy was in there somewhere tonight. I know there are other people in there. Thank you so much. I appreciate all you guys and your support. Thank you, thank you for watching, and we will see you next Saturday on Hot Tea with Pleasure. Bye, Teresa. <laughs>